Hey, my name is Kelly, and this is the Let's Talk Life podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in today. I pray that this episode is an encouragement and empowerment for your life. I can't wait for you to hear today's episode. Hey guys, welcome back. I am so excited for today's episode because we are going to be talking about you. Yes, we are talking about you. And what I mean by that is we are going to be talking about getting to know you, getting to know yourself. And so, you know, I thought it would be really cool to talk about that because, you know, being in the month of February, we talk about love and we talk about what it's like to have you know, a godly marriage and a godly dating relationship and just a godly relationship in itself. And a big part of that is yourself. You are a big part of being able to contribute to, you know, said relationship. And so I thought it would be really cool to just spend some time talking about yourself and really examining ourselves and asking ourselves some some pretty deep questions, I, th- I would think. And so let's get started. Um, like I said, we talk about love and we talk about how it's such a beautiful thing. And we all, I would hope, all love love. And um, a big part of it is us. How are we reflecting love? How are we being an example of love? Well, that starts off by asking yourself the question of who are you? I think that getting to know who you are, getting to define who you are is so important because it really sets a foundation for everything else. And so what I mean by that is getting to know who you are in Christ, getting to know who God has called you already, who God has called you to be, who God sees you as, like all of those things, it's it's who you are, you know? And if we're not careful, we can allow this world, this society, people around us, this culture to define us and label us. And, and we carry that and that seeps into everything else in our life. And so an important part of just anything is knowing who you are. And I think that in First Peter 2.9, it just breaks it down so beautifully of who we are, who, who we are to God, who he sees us as. And so some of the words that you would read in First Peter 2.9 are that you are chosen. We are chosen people. So that means that you are chosen by God. You have been handpicked by him. And not only that, but you are a royal priesthood. You are royalty to God. You are not just anybody. Not only that, but you are also holy. You are a holy nation. God sees you as holy. And I know that that can be really hard because there are so many things around us that would try to tell us otherwise with the things that we see, with the things that we say, with the things that we do. But God already sees you as holy. Not only holy, but whole. And so I think that's just so beautiful because then that 
really just washes over the lies that this society and this world and the culture that would try to put on us. Um, Not only are we holy, but we're his most special possession. And when I was reading that, I just kept thinking of like, you know, how we all have something special in our lives. I'm sure we have either a special piece of jewelry or something that's been handed to you by, you know, your family that's been passed along through generations or maybe you have a new car or a new phone or whatever the case is and it's so special to you. Well, when something is special to you, you take care of it. You watch over it. You love on it. You protect it. Now think about that and God and how God sees you as his special possession and that's how God is with you. God takes care of you. God God loves you. He protects you. He's, you know, watching after you. He's making sure that, you know, nothing bad happens to you. He wants to protect you. And so that, I think, in itself is just such a beautiful thing to know that I'm special. You're special to God. Not only are we special, but we're also worthy and we're loved by him. You know, I think about how, you know, this culture will try to tell us that we're not worthy of anything or that we're worthless or that we'll never measure up to so-and-so person and so it makes us feel like we're worthless or that it'll make us feel like we're not loved because we may not be in a dating relationship with someone or we may not be uh, surrounded by you know a vast amount of people but in reality you are already loved you are already worth so much to God and Romans 5 8 just points that out so clearly because it says but God demonstrates his own love for us in this way while we were still sinners Christ died for us and I think that in itself is so beautiful because when we think about love which is great I think that we think about how we have to show that other person or that group of people that we are worth loving or that we deserve their love. And so we'll do all these things or we'll dress a certain way or we'll act a certain way in order to gain their love. But we didn't have to do any of that. You don't have to do any of those things for God's love because he already loves you. And it says it right there in that verse that while we were still sinners. So while we were still messing up, while we still didn't have it all together, he loved us and he demonstrated his love, not just by saying, I love you, but he sent his one and only son. And not only did he send him here, but he died for us. He shed his blood for us because that is how strong his love is. So just taking in those few things right there should let you know that you are someone special, that you matter to God, that you are his daughter, that he loves, that you are not only his daughter, but you are a daughter of a king. You are a son of a king. And no king wants his sons or his daughters to be treated 
less than what they are, to be seen as less than what they are. When you think about like royalty and our in our culture in our day and age like they have the best things they are treated the best way they it's just you know great things all around and that is what god wants for you and honestly he doesn't want you to in a sense settle for less and that actually leads into my second question which is what are the things you seek for in a relationship? And so, like I said, it's not just about dating relationships. And I think that in the in February and, you know, in whole Valentine's, like we may focus a lot on like dating relationships and marriage and it's all great. But I think that way before you have any of those things, you just have friendships. You have friendships with the people around you. You have a community. You have your family. Those are relationships that you have in your life already. And even in those relationships, it's so important to know what it is that you're seeking, what it is that you're wanting to see in those relationships. Not necessarily what you're wanting to get out of those relationships and I'll go into that in a little bit but it's more of like what do you how do you see that relationship going or how do you see that relationship being and it's so important to know that because then that helps you know where you're going and you know to put it this way when you know what you are looking for then you won't settle for less So when you know what you're looking for, when you know what you're wanting out of a relationship, out of, you know, the relationship between you and your dad or you and your mom or you and your brother or you and your friend, if you know what you're wanting, what it's look, what it looks like or how it looks, how it would look like, then you're not willing to settle for less. You're going to go run after that. You're going to try to do what you can to get that type of relationship that you're seeking and the thing is that we cannot let our momentary feelings and desires lower our standards. And the thing is that many times we'll let, you know, the momentary feelings that we have of loneliness or of just our desires of whatever they may be to define the standards, to define the decisions that we make to ultimately lead us to making decisions that we may regret later on and i think that it's so important to realize that our emotions are deceiving our feelings can deceive us so quickly and so easily and if we're not careful we can act on them and not make the best decision and so yeah i mean there are going to be moments where you know you see so and so and you know, they have such an awesome friendship or they have such an awesome dating relationship and you're like, well, what about me? Like, I feel lonely. Like, is there something wrong with me? And the answer to that is no. There is nothing wrong with you. When it's God's time for you, he will bring those things into your life. And I say that because I'm even learning that now, you know, trying to, you know, just find a community and trying to find 
you know, people to surround yourself with that encourage you and lead you to the place that you're wanting to go can be difficult. And sometimes you may wonder like, okay, God, like, how is it that, you know, my friend over here is able to find such great community so quickly? Or how is it that my friend was able to find, you know, this person so quickly? And, and it's like, but what about me? Like, I'm doing all of these things, but it's like, when is it going to be my turn? And we can let our emotions that we, you know, develop because of what we see around us dictate the decisions that we're gonna we're gonna have and and lead us to making decisions that we may eventually kind of regret in the end and so that's why it's so important to know what you're seeking to know what are the things that you seek for in a relationship because then that sets the outline that sets the standard of what you're wanting and you're not going to want to settle for anything less and that goes back to even question number one when you know who you are when you know your worth then you know what you deserve to have in a sense like if i am god's royal priesthood or chosen people you know god would want good things for you he wants you to live a life of prosperity and abundance, but that also goes with, do you believe what God has spoken over your life? Do you believe what God has said about you? And when we realize that, then we can see and we can think and we can say, okay, this these are the things that I look for in a friendship. These are the things that I'm wanting to see in my friendships. And you're just going to run with that. And by running with that vision and that desire, God's going to be so good and so faithful to provide that. You know, the the word talks about how he gives us the desires of our hearts. And especially when our desires line up with his will for our lives, he's going to be so faithful to bring those things in. But again, it starts with who we are, knowing who we are in him and knowing our worth and knowing who God is, and what he wants for us as well. And so I want us to take a look at verse um, in the the book of Corinthians, um, first book of Corinthians chapter 13, 4. I think it does such a beautiful, um, it paints such a beautiful picture of what love is. And not only of what love is in a dating sense and you'll see, you'll hear this verse or these verses in like marriage ceremonies a lot and also just in like couples a whole lot because, you know, it sounds like it's fitting for those, but I think that they're also very fitting for any relationship that you may have in your life because it it talks about and it shows us what love is. And so if you go to 1 Corinthians 13.4, it reads, Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres 
And so I think that's so beautiful because it's not just something that you take into a marriage. It's not just something that you take into a dating relationship. It should be something that guides all of your relationships, your friendships, your relationship with your family, the relationships that you'll have in the future. It should it should help lead all of those relationships because I mean, I haven't met anyone that, you know, has friends and says that they don't want to have trustworthy friends or says that they don't want to have friends that are not encouraging or that um, are angry all the time. Like most people want friends that they can trust, that they can lean on, that they can grow with, that they can be open with and honest and delight in truth and not get angry so easily. And so I think that even though like I said, this is read and shared in so many marriages and weddings and, um, and dating relationships. It's actually something that we can take with us in every area of our life with how we treat people, with how we are, with those around us in our jobs, in our schools, with our families, with our neighbors. Like when we are able to reflect love in these in all these different ways, then we're able to just show people who God is in those ways. And I think what's really cool is that when you read this verse, it's not talking about the material things. It's not talking about how someone is dressed. You know, and I think many times we can confuse love with just being a word and, you know, being like material things of how someone dresses or how you know someone gives us things but in reality love is an action it's about someone showing you patience and kindness and um, encouraging you and being honest and showing you that you can trust them and so that really just helps even answer the question of what are you seeking for in a relationship are you seeking for patience are you seeking for kindness are you seeking to surround yourself with people that are not prideful people that don't boast about their things or that people that are not envious or people that you know are kind and just give hope and help you persevere and that they persevere themselves and that you can trust in them and they can trust in you those are all things that honestly are standards for the relationships that you are seeking to have in your life um, and that leads to the third question which says are you living what you are seeking you know and the truth is that we may want so many things you know we may we may want to have a relationship that is founded in in Christ and centered in in God but it comes down to are you being those things first because if you can't be those things for yourself or for others then how can someone else you know be that for you and the thing is that it can be so easy for us to say well this is what I want great that's great that's great that you know what you want now the real question is are you those things that you're wanting you know it's like I can say I want to have 
you know, a six pack, but am I doing the things that are going to help me lead to having a six pack and, you know, many different things like that. And so it, it comes down to it like, okay, great. I'm glad that you know what you want, but now the question is, are you doing those things as well? Because the truth of the matter is that you attract what you are. And that goes with friendships, that goes with dating relationships all around. You know, it's like you want a group of friends that you can trust, that are encouraging, that are going to help you grow and going to lead you to a better life. Then you need to be that yourself as well. You need to be doing your part of helping other people, of encouraging those people around you. And if you're able to do that, then you're going to attract more people like that. And so it's so important to know that. I mean, even in the Bible, it talks about, you know, how you become what you surround yourself with. So if you continue to surround yourself with people that are not kind or people that, you know, are just Debbie Downers, I guess you could say, or, you know, are just always um, gossiping or, you know, just are very toxic in a way, then eventually you will become that as well. And then, you know, your relationships will be that too. You will attract those types of relationships. You're going to attract those types of people. And so it's so important to know that. Um, you know, I think it becomes so true when when we talk about how you reap what you sow, you know, and so it's what are you sowing in your heart? Because what you sow in your heart is what you're going to reap. And then, you know, again, that's what you're going to attract. And if we go to, I want to share with you guys Second uh, Corinthians 6.14 and it talks about being equally yoked. And that's, again, that's another um piece of scripture that is shared with dating and marriage but it goes with just even your friendships like yes I believe that as Christ followers um, in general you know we are not perfect at all and I think that we grow so much more when we are able to connect with people that may not know God and that's okay because that's how we grow in our faith and that's how we grow in our relationship with Christ and that's how we're able to share the love of God with other people we're not meant to be in this bubble of you know I just surround myself with Christian people but it's like how are you reflecting God's love to those that are not in the church yet um, but in Second Corinthians 614 it's a very and it's a very well-known verse as well and it talks about the yoke and so it says do not be yoked together with unbelievers for what do righteousness and wickedness have in common or what fellowship can light have with darkness and so i think that in that sense it's not and I hope that, you know, you guys don't take it out of context or the wrong way because it doesn't mean like don't associate with people that are not believers. But it says like, I think of it more of like, if you're going to invest your time in someone, you know, where you're going to build a relationship with, a friendship with, 
in a sense, you're going to get emotionally intimate with the person. You're going to share a closeness emotionally with them. And so it's so important to think about, okay, are we in a sense equally yoked? Do we have in a way like are we kind of in the same level? Because that way you can help elevate each other and you will be able to live out what it says in Proverbs 27, 17 about iron sharpening iron, you know? And so it's important to not take that out of context because it, I, I definitely don't want to say like it's saying, you know, don't associate with people that um, are not believers. Like, no, not at all. Because again, when we are able to share God's love with those people that are not in the church or those people that, you know, just people that haven't gotten to know God at all, like they're going to know God through us, you know, and scripture talks about how the world is going to know that we are his disciples by the way that we love one another. And again, it's being connected with people that we're equally yoked with, that we're able to run with people that are able to lead us to the places that we're wanting to go. And I mentioned earlier about how like relationships aren't about, they're not necessarily about what people can do for you, but it's about what you can do for people, you know, because throughout the Bible, we read about how we have been called to serve and not be served, but that also starts with knowing who we are in God, knowing that, you know, we are God's chosen people. God has given us such a beautiful responsibility and opportunity to be on this earth, to be a reflection of him. But if we don't know who we are and we don't know what we're seeking for in relationships, then we're not able to live out the things that God wanted us to live out. And we're not able to walk out in love for other people. And so I really hope that you know, this was an encouragement to you guys. I know there was, it was a lot of things at once, but I really tried to break it down into like three simple questions where, you know, first it's, who are you? Learning about who you are and really just spending that time with God and allowing him to unravel your heart and unravel his heart about you and allowing him to show you who he is and who you are to him second is what are you seeking for in a relationship what are the things that you're wanting to see in your relationship so that you don't just go seek it but you can start being that for other people and when you start being that for other people then you're going to attract those things And of course, that goes to question number three. Are you what you are seeking? Are you doing what you are seeking from other people? Because it's not all about what can so-and-so do for me, but it's what can I do for them? How can I help them? How can I encourage them? And, you know, I was just reminded about... um, how God gave me a word for each of the letters in the word life. And, you know, it was love, identity, fruitfulness, and empowerment. And I thought, wow, that's so beautiful for even this right now, for this episode, because, you know, we want to love other people. 
but we can't love other people if we don't even love who we are in Christ. You know, it talks about how like two broken people can't help each other. And so God just really brought this into my heart. And I just want to share with you guys. It says, love happens when you find your identity in Christ and allow that to be planted in your heart so it can bear fruit that will empower those around you. So love starts by really discovering who God is and who you are in Christ and realizing how much he loves you and how much he loves you right where you're at. Doesn't matter what you've done. Doesn't matter how far you've gone. He loves you because going back to Romans 5, 8, you know, while we were still sinners, Christ died for us and that's how God was able to show his love to us and I think that's the most beautiful thing because he said nothing's gonna be enough unless my son does this this is gonna be the most ultimate thing that I can do so that they know that I love them it's not about the most beautiful scenery or the most beautiful picture that I can create with the sky it's Or the most beautiful thing I can create to walk, you know, the earth or whatever. It's, I want my son to be what I show or how I show them that I love them. And so I think that's the most greatest thing ever. Because then when we realize how how much God loves us, even in the midst of our mess, just reminds us like, God, you see me far more differently than I see myself. And then we are able to take on who God calls us to be and not allow society or others around us or, or culture define who we are. We allow God to speak over our lives and we allow God to define us. And so I really hope that this was an encouragement for you guys. Um, I know it was a little bit different than like your typical dating, um, you know, relationship February kind of talk. But um, I just think it's so important to really know who we are before anything else so that we can have healthy friendships and healthy relationships with other people and ultimately have a healthy marriage in the future. Um, And so I think it just starts with having a strong foundation of who you are in Christ and who God created you to be and owning that and running with that and living that out. And so I just want to pray for you guys. Lord, I thank you so much for every single person that is listening. I thank you, Lord, that you are showing them and you're revealing to them who they are to you, how much you love them, God, and how much you have done for them already, Lord. And I just pray that they can get a strong sense of how great your love is for them and how your plans for them are of goodness and prosperity and abundance, Lord. And so I just pray that they can get a clarity of just how great they are to you and how much they mean to you and how you're chasing after them time after time and that you never grow tired of going after them God and that you never get tired of reminding them of who they are to you Lord 
And I pray that in those moments where culture or society tries to tell them otherwise, that your word and your truth speaks so much more louder in their life. God, and I thank you for every single person that is listening. I thank you for their hearts. I thank you for their life. And I pray for blessings over them, God. In your name, Jesus, we pray and declare these things. Amen. Thank you guys so much for listening. Again, I hope this was an encouragement for you guys. Definitely feel free to message me on Instagram or just tell me what you thought about this episode or if it was an encouragement to you guys. I would love to hear from you guys. Thank you guys. Until next time. Bye.